Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hot Seat with Cognizant Clay. I am your host, Clayton Terrio. Today on the show, we have Trinity Jagdeo. Trinity is the founder and CEO of the charity From We Can't to We Can. She publishes and illustrates children's books where the main characters have some form of physical disability. She hopes to include this underrepresented demographic in children's books and movies. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi. All right, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, how are you doing, Trinity? I'm good. You know, just hanging in there, trying to enjoy quarantine. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hard, but it is what it is, right? We got to just yep. keep moving and hope hope it passes soon anyway. Absolutely. So, so Trinity, I have you on here because you are the CEO and founder of From We Can't to We Can, and that you're trying to focus on, you know, writing books with with characters with disabilities because it's it's very under misrepresented in media, as as you are well aware. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the charity? Yes. Yeah, so I started my nonprofit organization back in 2018 when I was 17 years old. Um, so I've been running that for about two years now. Um, and I originally designed it to be something where I was creating characters and I was somehow giving back. And so that was the main focus. Um, and then it turned into something where I was creating books. And now a portion of the proceeds that I make from the books actually goes back to a family in need. Um, and so with that, we've been able to help with purchasing of wheelchairs, um, medical equipment, necessary items and things like that. Um, and each of our characters are, you know, they have some type of special needs or disabilities, but they're a superhero. And I love this because we are breaking stereotypes and stigmas and a lot of things that, you know, people don't understand. Um, but it helps kids and other people realize that, you know, the community is no different than the rest of the world. Definitely. And I think I think that's definitely a, a big stereotype. Like, oh, you're disabled. You must have some sort of sad life and you know you can't contribute to society but really it's the opposite and i think i think having disabled people work for a company or be represented in media is just so important and and can can you talk about your three books maybe if someone's interested in buying them yes so i have three books out um our first one is alcy ace is about a little girl that has down syndrome um who is a superhero and her favorite color is purple so she has a purple outfit gear and things like that. Um, and all of our books are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, the second book we have, Zappy Zane, is based off of a little boy that has spinal muscular atrophy. And our third book is our most unique book, I would say, because we have, what we did is that we combined five kids from all around New Jersey because our books are based off of local kids. Um, so kids from all around New Jersey, five of them to be exact. Um, and we put them together in a superhero squad. Um, so we've been really excited about that book because it, it unifies a lot of people uh, with different disabilities. Um, so not only are we empowering them, but we're showing other people in society that, you know, we're unstoppable. They're unstoppable. So I, I really I really enjoy drawing the books and, and, and illustrating and really just bringing these characters to life. Definitely. And it's, it's kind of like the disabled Avengers. And I really like that because <laughs> yeah. as a disabled individual, I always loved my superheroes as a kid. So it, it's so good. So thank you for doing that. It is, it is really appreciated for sure. And when did it kind of click in your thought process that you wanted to start the charity? 
So my best friend who has spinal muscular atrophy, she went through a really hard uh, life struggle from 2013 to 2014. She was in the hospital for six months. Um, and so being her best friend, I was up there almost every single day and we were running out of things to do. You know, there's only but so much you can do in the hospital. Um, and so she had watched all the movies that she could possibly watch and it clicked on me, clicked at, yeah, clicked on me at that moment that there were no characters or role models or inspirations that she could look up to during her time of struggle. Um, and so immediately I wrote to Disney directors and asked them if they could create some type of Disney princess or Disney prince that represented the disability community. Just something that represents her, you know, that can help her and other people to get through, you know, whatever time that they're giving, going through. Um, and so I didn't hear a response from them. And that's when I was like, okay, I guess I just have to do it myself. And so that's when I started creating these books. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. And the only real character I can think of in the whole Disney universe that's slightly disabled is the Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's right. it. Like, it's, right. it's really underrepresented. And I've got two young nieces, and they grew up around me. So they, they don't stare. They always go up and say hi to disabled people. And it's, it's just such a nice thing to see for sure. And so, so as you said, Alexis, she's, you're pretty much your best friend for your whole life. And she's got SMA. Can, can you tell me a little bit about her and what she means to you as a as a friend? Definitely. So I met her in kindergarten. And obviously, you know, young kids, they have a lot of questions and curiosity when it comes to people that are in the disability community. But when I saw her, she had immediately broken every type of stereotype or stigma I could have had as a six-year-old. She was going, she was playing hopscotch just like everybody else. Um, like her wheelchair didn't even exist the way she was just playing and going around and it was amazing to see because like I it was something just hit and I was like okay they are no different than anybody else um and so immediately we had just become best friends and you know growing up with her uh I noticed you know I'm obviously not in her shoes but you know being her best friend I noticed a lot of things that you know that she goes through that, you know, people who don't have a disability don't go through the staring, the people being upset that she has to use a different device because she can't write the same as everybody else, or, uh, you know, she can't go outside today because she has to stay inside because of the weather and her health and, you know, all these different things. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I was her advocate for her and with her. Um, and ever since our friendship. I have just never stopped fighting for her, being with her, um, doing whatever I can to really, I mean, the whole organization is an inspiration because of her. Um, and I am forever grateful for everything that she teaches me. You know, I'm, we have sleepovers all the time and, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still doing what I can for her and gathering as much information, but she is the kickstart. And the reason why I started my nonprofit, we actually had a, a virtual show that we did uh, last month um, she was actually a part of it in which she would help me interview people from the disability community. Um, and so not only, you know, was I inspired by her, but I made sure to include her so that her herself, she could be an advocate, she can inspire people and show that, you know, like you said, she's not a sad story. So, um, you know, she means a lot to me. <laughs> Definitely. And I've, I've seen a lot of your posts and she's, it, despite all her struggles, she's always smiling and laughing. And it's just, it's great to see it's it, her laugh is contagious too. She's, she's a sweetheart for sure. Um, what are, 
like you said, she taught you some things. What would you say the top few things that she's taught you throughout your life are? Um, she's taught me patience um, and understanding. Um, because even as uh, being young, I still had to be patient with her and learn that things take time. Um, you know, whereas, you know, we're walking down the hall and I want to walk faster, you know, her wheelchair goes slower. And, you know, I was learning those simple things, but it, me it meant a lot to her um, and it meant a lot of other people, you know, that I was willing to learn. Um, so she taught me patience. Um, she taught me compassion and she's the kickstart of the passion that I have for the special needs community, um, just to fight for them. Um, she's taught me advocacy, you know, just learning the stuff that she can't do um, because of her disability. Um, I've advocated and pushed her to help her do things that she can do and, and help her find her voice. But really, while she, I was helping her find her voice, she was helping me find my voice. So it's a really very unique um, relationship. Uh, so she's taught me a plethora of things, but you know, to, to put it in a nutshell, those, those few things, definitely, for sure. For sure. And being disabled myself, I've, I've learned patience. Like sometimes you're hard on yourself that you take longer than others, but it's not your choice that you're in that position. So you just got to deal with it and, and deal with it the best you can. And it's not always easy, but, and, and I think that the other thing too, is she's disabled and you're, you know, with all the, the Black Lives Matter going on, I've noticed you've been posting a lot of that. So it's kind of, I find it very similar like the black struggle and the disabled struggle is very similar. No one hears their voice. And it's like, well, why is that? It's 2020, like figure it out, whether you're gay, black or disabled, what does it matter? Like, I, I just don't, I just don't get it, but it is what it is. And hopefully, I agree. hopefully we can change it one step at a time. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and so you mentioned your, your little series there on, I think it's Instagram, I believe. Um, I the post on both YouTube and Instagram. Too. Okay. So the at home series, and I, I've been watching some of those and I watched the one, I believe it was Alexis's little sister. And just the, the wisdom that that little girl has is incredible. And I love the perspectives and what has hosting that been like? And what are some of your top memories so far from that series? Definitely that YouTube video. Um, Ava, I see Ava all the time. So I'm used to this little girl, seven-year-old little girl playing, want to do this, want to do silly stuff. And then when we sat her down to talk about that, it blew our minds because, you know, she, she displayed herself as a little girl like she is. But then when you actually have to have that conversation with her, we had no idea that how much she understood. And I feel like uh, maybe siblings of people with special needs and disabilities, maybe they are underestimated because they're doing a lot. You know, they're, they have to understand a lot at a young age. They have to take in a, a lot at a young age. Um, and so she's incredible. And a lot of people, um, I would say all people that have siblings with special needs and disabilities because, you know, they they are built-in best friend. You know, I, I love that term. I think Alexis told me that, a, a built-in best friend. Um, so she's a number one, I would say, top memory just because of all the emotions she has at such a young age and love that she has for her family. Um, it was definitely mind-blowing. Um, but from that, from that experience in general, I never thought that it would have turned into something where we were interviewing people from all over. I thought it would be something for a couple weeks that we'd be interviewing a couple people from New Jersey. You know, we interviewed people from California to Texas, 
Um, I think from Michigan, you know, there's a, a plethora of places that we've um, interviewed people from. Um, and all the stories I would say are in the same in the sense of they all have their own experiences of discrimination um, and telling people that, you know, we're no different than anyone else. You know, there, there's another interesting story about a little boy. He, his name is Jake. He's actually one of our superheroes that we have in our last book. I want to say he's around five or six, maybe a little older, but his mom actually had to get a special needs attorney um, at the age of, I think it was kindergarten, around his kindergarten class, because they had classified him because he had a physical disability. They thought he had a mental disability and they were treating him as if he had a mental disability as well. Um, and so she actually had to fight the, her own child's school that she was, you know, she had placed her child in. Um, and so it, it's eye opening, you know, and that's only, you know, I think we interviewed around 30 people. That's only, you know, 30 people out of the millions and billions of people that have special needs and disabilities, you know, that's just their story. So um, it definitely, uh, it helps fight ignorance, I would say, um, because there's incredible stories. Um, sad but inspiring at the same time. So that series definitely helped enlighten a lot of people. Definitely, and it's perfect for COVID because obviously we're all, all the disabled people are very high risk to get it. So it's great to give them something to do. And that's why I'm doing, that's why I started my whole channel is is COVID hit and you kind of realize, okay, now everybody realizes what it's like to be disabled every day. Right everything is a risk going outside is a risk for us because you don't know the temperature could change you could get sick from that or whatever it is you don't you don't know who you're interacting with so i i think that that's a great little perfect name too for the circumstances as well yeah i love it yeah so i have a little segment here that i do with my guests called rapid fire where i just ask random questions okay so first question since you're from New Jersey, who's your favorite person from New Jersey? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I just actually talked to a, a guy and his dog. Um, I don't know if you've heard them, Cole and Chris, Cole the Deaf Dog. Um, I would say them so far. <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, I've heard of him. I've watched a few, some of his stuff. Oh, it's, that's awesome. It's awesome for sure. And what is your favorite thing to eat? From New Jersey or just in general? Just in general. <laughs> um, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm just going to have to go with, well, actually, I do still kind of eat seafood here and there, so I would just have to say, like, seafood pasta or something. <laughs> That's a good one. And if you had a playlist, who are, who are your top three favorite musicians or artists? Okay, that's good. Um, so I listen to a lot of Christian music, so I would have to say... Um, Elevation Worship, Carrie Job, and uh, so I think Social Club. So yeah, that's what I have. <laughs> awesome! I gotta check those out. I've 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 heard of them, but I've never listened. So I'll, definitely. I'll get. I'll give it. A, I always like asking because I like new music. So there you go. Yes, they're awesome. Um, and last question: If you could be anyone, living or dead, for twenty four hours, who would you choose? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She's my favorite actor, and she's like an activist and things like that. Um, and I would love to like just have 24 hours playing the role of Katniss, and when she played the role in Hunger Games, that would be awesome. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is also such a weirdo, and I love that because yes. she is so opposite of most Hollywood stars. Like, exactly. I remember on the red carpet that one time, she's like, 
can we order pizza here? I'm hungry. And like that just like no one thinks of saying stuff like that. Right, I love her. Exactly. She's hilarious. I love it. Yes. It's she's real and that's what I love about it. Like her personality didn't change before she was famous and it didn't change after. So that's what I really love about her. Exactly. She's great. So just back into the questions a bit. So apart from your own charity, what are some charities that mean a lot to you or that you support? Um, I have, have you ever heard of Bianca's Kids? Yes, I have. I love that charity, um, because they, they don't, it's not just for special needs kids, it's for all kids that are going through a rough time, you know, kids that may have cancer, or even us, uh, smaller stories in the sense of, you know, uh, you know, a child can't go to school, so they need help with going to school or things like that, so they help kids all over the place. Um, there's this other, I believe they're a charity, they're 50213 nonprofit. Um, they're therapy dogs that go all around the world that uh, was administered to people who have gone through catastrophic events. Um, so when there were some hurricanes recently, the California fires, those dogs go out and touch base on people who have gone through those um, catastrophic events. So I would definitely say those two. Yeah, those are those are definitely good ones. And, and so going back to the COVID thing so obviously with COVID kind of the second wave coming in it's it's a little hard for people to do what they consider as normal so what is next for you while the pandemic's still around and what are some goals that you wish to attain once everything is back to normal? Definitely I'm so glad you asked um so right now actually we are working on trying to animate our books um it's definitely a long process um, but that's what we were doing while we, you know, are at home. And I think it was almost the perfect timing um, because it's always something that I wanted to do. Um, and there's not many things that you can do right now as far as fundraising and going out. Um, but we also plan to have another gift basket event towards Christmas. Um, we raised a lot. We did that back in all July for our third year anniversary event, which we had originally planned to have a fashion show. Um, for the disability community, and we actually had a lot of contestants, um, but we had to postpone that. Um, so, yeah, so we did that in July. We raised nearly $4,000, so we want to do that again in, in December and raise more money for families. Um, and then once COVID goes away, we want to have our fashion show again as our celebration. So definitely have a lot of things planned, but as far as COVID right now, we're, we're hitting hard with animation and gift baskets. Definitely. And like we said earlier, you got to do what you got to do. There's not much we can do about it. So stay strong and hopefully it goes away soon. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Well, that's about all I have for you, Trinity. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I will. Yes. Anytime. I will send you a link out when it's posted. It should be up tomorrow. Oh, okay. Awesome. All right. Well, you take care, stay safe and all the best as well. Thank you, Clayton. Yeah. Take care, Trinity.